Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day because, Lord, we humble our hearts before you. Father, this is a day, as Brother Steve said, that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, there's no other hope for a Christian but in Jesus. The darkness of days, the gloomiest of times, Father, that Jesus still reigns supreme. The confirmation of that is the Spirit of God that lives within us. The world says, look to me. Jesus says, come unto me. And we trust in him. And we thank you for loving us greater than we loved ourselves. We thank you that Jesus came into the world to not condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Father, I pray that you would take every heart here today and set us aside. Lord, many times we come into the church and we think, well, let's pray collectively. No. Father, I pray at this very moment that we would pray individually for our own hearts. The needs of my wife may not be mine and mine hers. So, Father, Lord, I lift my wife's heart up before you just as well as everyone here and those that are listening. That, Lord, that you would individually deal with their hearts today. Whatever it is that you need to do, by what measure you need to measure, by what gift you need to give, by what treasure we need to hold on to, by just the simplicities of faith that we look to you. Father, I pray today that you would heal the burdened hearts for those that have received loss, but you have gained. For those of us that think that there is no hope, but in Jesus we know that there is nothing but hope. Father, for every Christian represented here today, Lord, I pray that you would walk mightily in their hearts. Allow the maturity and the closeness and the kindness of Christ to shine and to be understood. Father, for be one that's not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you would touch their hearts as well. Helping them to know and to understand by the Spirit of God that there is only one way to heaven, and that's faith and belief in Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, for a calmness. I pray for the removing yet of the impressions upon our heart that draw us away and our attentions away from you. Help us to hear from you today, not to listen to a man, but to listen to the message of Christ. That we may love you and thank you. Help us, each and every one, in our hearts alone, before you. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Having been blessed to grow up, uh, be born and grow up in the Sunshine State, uh, I enjoyed cloudy days. In the midst of summer when, man, the sun was so hot and the humidity was so high, and man, I remember as a kid walking outside, and, and those of you that ever been down to Florida on vacation or maybe lived there, that, man, you walk outside after taking a, a bath and putting on clean clothes, and you walk about 30 yards and you're already soaked again. But I remember, again, as a child, just praising the Lord for the cloudy days. When the clouds would come over and they would cast a shadow, a cool shadow upon the earth and upon me and 
I also remember that unless I appreciated the cloudy days, I could never really appreciate the sunny days and for what it brings. That's where we're at in our lives and our hearts every day. We was there last year. We was there 10 years ago. We need Jesus in our life. You're looking for a little bit of encouragement today? Let me give you two pieces of encouragement. In November of 2020, Jesus is still saving lost souls. Because He is seeking them. And they are finding Him. In 2020, even in our own church family, that Jesus is still calling men into the gospel ministry. Men that are still willing to lay down their life for the cause of Christ. He is still working. We cannot appreciate the sunny days until we live through the cloudy days. And as we see the cloudy days, we know that the sunny days are yet coming. I found it very humorous this week when the Lord gave me the the title of the message today. Uh, It was very... Interesting and encouraging, Brother Mike, if you'll put that up there for me. I challenged my own heart several times to try to figure out what a question, what a question mark actually meant. And the Lord is he continuously and and commonly will give a pastor a title for a particular message. The title of the message today is not me giving it to you, but you figuring it out about how that this message applies to your heart today. See, God does have a sense of humor. Thanksgiving, we know that in four days that we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving and this uh, Thanksgiving is kind of different uh, than many Thanksgivings that we have experienced. Uh, Many people are uh, being encouraged uh, not to gather and many people that would normally be together in the family and a lot of families, our families like that, we always meet every year together in a certain way and and, uh, family comes together, but because of situations uh, with our family members, we've just decided not to do that, but that doesn't still stop Thanksgiving from coming. We find ourselves to be challenged in faith and in favorisms of God and of Christ. And we're looking today to find something greater than ourselves. We're looking to find thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but I have to thank the Lord every day for thanksgiving, for what the Lord does for me, for what he has given to me, how he has blessed me and my family and how God has enrichly blessed this church family and for what God has done and for what Christ will do. And I am so elated in my heart about just being God bringing me to a place in my life where I can still find joy in the cloudy days. When I can look and see and recognize the different things that are going on and I can still find hope and joy. I can still put a smile on my face and I can still know that there is a silver lining that something great's going to come out of all of the things that we deal with. Thanksgiving. Did you ever break down and understand Thanksgiving? It's thanks and it's giving. 
See, we combine those two words together and we just say thanksgiving. But in a thanksgiving heart of the Christian that we find ourselves in a place where we want to give thanks unto the Lord because we give our heart to Christ. We want to find this greater joy. We, we want this great formal public uh, expression of thanks to God. And, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what's going on in the world right now and in your life. And there's some here that have recently lost loved ones. And there's some here that have lost jobs. And there's fear factors of illnesses and sicknesses. And there's some that's going to be traveling. And all of the different things that's going on in our life right now. And Satan says, there cannot be thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is canceled. There is no thanksgiving. There is nothing in the world that we can find thanksgiving for. And this is what Satan brings to the table. Meaning the heart's table of the believer. But if we are born again Christians, we have nothing but everything to be thankful for. We have been gracious enough to be touched by the Spirit of God, to be drawn unto Christ, to come to a point where we submit our life and surrender our sins before Him, knowing that He is the one that has paid for all of our sins. Aren't you glad today that Jesus paid for every one of your sins and He didn't look at you and say, I'll forgive you for all of them but one? Aren't you grateful today in the thanksgiving of your mind and your heart for the talents that He has given to you? Aren't you grateful today, men of God, that you can look at your wife and still love her and appreciate her and just want to hold her and no words, no communion of the voice, but of the flesh and just embracing one another? Isn't it great to know that heaven awaits you? Aren't you glad that Jesus one day you're going to see Him face to face? Aren't you glad that you can just hold on to hope and, and you can just look at your family and you can look at the joys that He has given and the precious grace that He has poured out into our lives and we can give an expression of hope and thanks. I just want to read this verse of Scripture. It'll be up for you to see because the text is in the book of John. But I wanted to give this morning this one verse of Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord. What's the next word? Always. And again, the Apostle Paul said, rejoice. There's a calming. The word rejoice simply brings about a, 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 an idea and an impression and a desire of being calm and being happy and knowing that you're well off. That everything is great. And we pick and choose the time. Come on, brothers and sisters. Let's just be honest for a minute. We pick and choose when we want to have Thanksgiving. We pick and choose the Thanksgiving of the Lord in our life just like we pick the fourth Thursday of November of every year to find Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not a day. We can have turkey and dressing on January 1 or July 4th or any other day and it still tastes the same. It's still wonderful. It's a blessing. But we do not have to pick and choose. We should not pick and choose when the thanksgivings of God come. We are to rejoice, the Apostle Paul said. He says we are always to rejoice. We are always to find a reason and a favor of God. And we are to find... Listen, if we want the next generations of our life and of our family to find joy, then they need to see joy in us. That's why I read that definition of thanksgiving because it's a public expression of joy. 
And this is what the world needs. This is what the world needs to hold on to. Now I want you to listen to these three quick statements and don't don't feed into this uh, in a way that it, it brings about a negative response of your heart. This is brought about and the Lord gave these to me to allow our hearts to be able to find out when we're Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday of every month or we're in Thanksgiving of every day of our life. The first one is we cannot give thanksgiving to God when our lives are in the sadness of the flesh. Does that make sense to you? We cannot receive thanksgiving from God. Oh my goodness gracious, listen to this one. We cannot receive the thanksgiving from God when we only trust in the flesh. And the third one, we cannot show thanksgiving to God when we believe our joy only comes from the flesh. Do you know God? Do you believe in Him? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you know Him? Take your copy of God's Word this morning. I want you to turn to the book of John in chapter 9. For me, this is one of the absolute most wonderful Thanksgiving messages that I could possibly even bring today. When the Lord laid this text on my heart, I was so excited because I love to read this story. I love to see this interaction between Jesus Christ and this blind young man and where his life was at and what Jesus did and how he changed in the thanksgiving of the Lord and how he was so excited. But listen, I know in the text, and we're going to be reading through a lot of this kind of quickly this morning, so don't get scared when I tell you it's 39 verses. Okay, so we're not going to be here for a long time, but I want you to understand this morning that the story, this captivating story of Thanksgiving is the, it solidifies our life because of what we deal with, what we go through. Y'all smile, make me feel better for just a second. Man, come on, it's okay. If you lost, you have a reason to be sad, but if you're saved, you should be smiling. All right. I love this text. It is an abs- again, it is an absolutely phenomenal story about the love of God and the thanksgiving of God towards man and man's thanksgiving back towards Christ. And as Jesus passed by, in verse 1, John chapter 9, verse 1, and as Jesus passed by, He saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now the one thing you need to pay attention to in verse 1 is that He saw. It's very important that you understand that Jesus saw the need of this individual person. This person of mind, this person of heart, this person that will soon have faith. This person that had to be touched by the blessings of God so the man could give a thanksgiving back to Jesus Christ and could receive Him as Lord and Savior. Verse 2. This is humanity's question of the world of thanksgiving today and thanksgiving of the world. And again, this is humanity's question. And His disciples ask Him saying, Master, who did sin? This man or His parents that He was born blind? Isn't it amazing how the world will look and even Christians at times will look at the the, the sufferings of an individual person at a particular time and say, Lord, what did they do wrong? Or better yet, we look to Christ and we say, but Lord, what did I do wrong? Lord, I don't understand. Why can I have thanksgiving? 
Why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? Why do I find pain? Because it's a humanistic question. It's a question of man. It's not a question of faith. It's definitely not a question of Christ. Are y'all seeing any of this yet? Come on. Because I'm going I'm to go through these verses kind of quickly this morning. And I need you to understand what Christ is trying to tell you. He told me this yesterday and again this morning. And I hope that you get the message of Christ today. So here's a heavenly answer. Jesus answered them and said, Neither. Neither. Neither hath this man sinned. Well, how could he have sinned? He was born blind. What did he do? Sin in the womb? What, what did he do inside when, when he was conceived? I mean, what took place? In, I mean, listen to this and listen to the simplicity of Christ. Get into the doctrinal understanding of grace and of mercy. And Jesus says, here he says, what did he do? He says, this man is not sinned, nor his parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest in him. The power of grace is going to work through Him. The power of understanding is going to come through Him. This is what we've been studying in the, in the stories of the Bible. And we've been in Job and we're going back there again tonight. And this is a supportive understanding of that context of spiritual maturity and wisdom in Jesus Christ. Listen, just because you suffer doesn't mean that you're going to suffer because of sin. Oh, let me not discourage you and say that that never does happen because absolutely it does. But here we see that the grace of God is found in the majesty of grace. He says, I must work. Jesus says, focus on the works that I am doing. He says, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is yet day or while the opportunity is there. Because there is coming a time when I will no longer be able to do this. That's when the night cometh, when no man can work. Verse 5, He said, as long as I am in the world... I am the light of the world. When he hath thus spoken, he spat on the ground. Now notice what's going on. Pay attention to the scene that's going on here. you still got this blind man sitting here. You've got the disciples asking Jesus all these questions. And Christ is answering the questions with a, with a confirmed verbal response of that of the declaration of grace. And yet now, Jesus has not forgotten about the man that's blind. Now pay attention to this. Have you ever thought in your life since you've been saved that Jesus just forgot about you? Come on. Let's just be honest and real this morning. Have you ever in your life since you've been saved, have you ever just looked to in your heart, you may not have uttered the words with your mouth, you may not have cried them out in a prayer, but in the quietness of your heart you said, Lord, where are you at? Lord, where are you at? What are you doing? I don't understand why you're not answering my prayers. Lord, I don't understand. You say I'm your child and you will never leave me nor forsake me, but Jesus, I feel alone right now. Lord, what is it that's going on? Lord, what is it that's happening? Lord, why is the world coming against me and it seems like you're allowing the evils of the world to just compass me and to beat me down? Lord, where are you at? Where is the power of grace? Where is the sustainability of the favor of our salvation in Jesus Christ? Where is all these things? Come on now, if you don't be honest about anything else today, be honest about that because every Christian at some point in their life has cried that out in one manner or another. And we find our hearts are struggling. And Jesus just gives that absolute humanistic response with a heavenly cause. And He says that I am the light of the world. But yet, even while He's giving the answer, He sees the one here that still has a problem. 
When he had thus spoken, he sat, uh, spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. In verse 7, he says, now to the blind man, he says, now go. How many times you say, God, where are you at? And God's already told you what to do, but you just keep sitting on the couch and don't go nowhere. Come on now. How many times have we taken the thanksgiving of God to us away from him because we wasn't willing to get up and do our part? Does that make sense? Well, sure it does. He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation meaning sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and he came back what? Seeing. Oh my goodness gracious. Do you mean that when God blesses us and He pours out thanksgiving? Come on now, just listen to me. Be patient for a second. You mean when the Lord pours out a blessing into a person's life that there are some times that we have to do something? We have this bad misrepresentation and misinterpretation of God's grace by saying that as Christians, we just osmosis, we just want to sit there and go, okay, pour out. Just give it to me. It's okay. I got it. Amen. Well, Lord, I need money to I, I, I need money to pay my bills. He says, Well, get your lazy self out of bed and go to work. Amen. Oh, did I say that? Yes, I did. And then you're laying in the bed and you're feeling sick, and it's like, Lord, heal me. He says, Well, listen, I give you physical physicians, call the doctor and make an appointment. Are you seeing what the Word of God is saying to us here today? We think that the thanksgiving of God is when Jesus Christ just gives to us specifically without any cause on our part that Jesus is just supposed... Let me tell you what, if He saved you, what else should we expect? If Jesus Christ saved us on the day of our salvation and yet turned His back on us throughout the rest of this life, knowing that we had grace that was going to eventually take us home, shouldn't we still be happy? And you say, wait a minute, Pastor, I don't like that theology. I don't like that where He would save me and turn His back on me. Well, then why are you turning your back on Him? Are you listening today? This isn't a put down. This is actually a very encouraging message to pick you up. Get up and get busy, brothers and sisters. The neighbors, therefore, uh, and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, is not this he that sat and begged? I mean, these are people known him for years. They're like, is that really that guy? Now pay attention to the ignorance of the mind and the heart. But can we see the blessings of the Lord? Verse 9, he said, some said, yeah, that's him. And others said, well, it's, it's, a, it's a likely resemblance of this guy. I'm not quite sure if that's Bob or not. I'm not, I'm not quite convinced. You know, even though it's the same guy, same clothes, same hair, same place, same situation, same purpose. All these things are going on. And they're like, well, is that really him? How many times do we do the same thing for the Lord? Come on, just listen to me for a minute. How, how many times do we do the same thing that God will pour out His blessings and it will, I mean, and man, you can feel it in your mind and in your heart and we go, Lord, is that you? Let that one sink in. How many times do we feel the grace and peace of God and then it's like, Lord, is that you doing that? Lord, is that you blessing me? Lord, is that you taking me to a place of security, a place of joy, a place of thanksgiving? Lord, is this Him? Is this you? 
Therefore said unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus with clay and anointed my eye and my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received what? Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, Well, I don't know. When I first encountered him, I was blind, but now I see. You'll see the difference in that in a very few moments. They brought to the Pharisees him that before was blind. Verse 14, and it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. This is the hardships of the blessings. There are times in our life when God pours out blessings in our life when we're going through difficult times. Come on, amen. There's times when God pours out them blessings. There's times when God gives them to us. And yet many times we bring accusations against Him for not caring enough to take care of us. Verse 15. Then again the Pharisees also asked Him how He had received His sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes and washed, and I do see. Therefore they said unto the therefore said some unto the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division between them. You ever had a division on your heart between the blessings of God and what you interpreted it should have been? They say unto the blind man again. What sayest thou of him? Thou that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. Isn't it amazing? Blind. You ever heard the term blind faith? I like to turn that around for most of us, that faith that is blind. y'all get that let me ask you this quick question very apropos at this very moment with this text has God ever blessed you in your life and you missed it and then sometimes later when you reflected back you went oh Lord Jesus forgive me Lord Jesus forgive me for being so blinded by the world and not hoping upon the thanksgivings of Christ how many times has Christ not answered a prayer, but yet we still find thanksgiving with lifting our hands up before Him and the quietness of our hearts with a smile and just simply saying, Lord Jesus, irregardless of what I may receive in this life, I've already received the greatest of gifts from You. There's thanksgiving in everything. There's thanksgiving in life. There's thanksgiving in death. There's thanksgiving in increase. There is thanksgiving in decrease. The Jews did not believe concerning him. He had been blind and received a sight until they called the parents of him. Verse 19, and they said, uh, saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see? What happened? His parents answered and said unto them, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. I mean, that's kind of just a dictionary answer. Amen. That's kind of a Webster answer there. Just like, yeah, this was our kid. I mean, come on now. I mean, you would think that parents would be a little bit more excited. Amen? Yeah. Come on. 
the Lord touches your family's life, the Lord touches your kids' life, your mind and in your heart, and you're just sitting there and you're like, Lord God, what's going on? How am I dealing with this? What's taking place? What honor is there? What things are going on in our life, Lord? Father, help us to see these words spake His parents because they feared the Jews. How many times have we missed out on a heavenly blessing because we was publicly embarrassed to speak about Him? Did y'all get that? All right, come on. We're going to move on. And the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Verse 23, Therefore said his parents, He's of age, ask him. Meaning he's an adult. Don't throw us under the bus. Even though we're throwing our son under the bus. Amen. We're throwing our son under the bus, but but don't throw us under the bus because we're more worried about religion than we are righteousness. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, He says, give God the praise. This is a man's thanksgiving. I'm going to give you a righteous thanksgiving in the next verse. But he says, but these hypocrite preachers of that time and of today, they say, give God the praise. We know that this man's a sinner. Meaning that they're in opposition. They're not working together. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or not, he says, I don't know. He says, but I'll guarantee you one thing, and blessed assurance and thanksgiving, he says, I do know this. He says, I was once blind, but praise God, now I see. Are you hearing that this morning? There's thanksgiving in anything. There's thanksgiving. Listen, this man at that time had all this this man that was blind, he wasn't worried about the Pharisees kicking him out of the temple. He wasn't worried about what man's opinion was. He simply gives the absolute best thanksgiving answer that could have ever been, I was once this, but because of him, I'm now this. Amen. There's thanksgiving in everything. Are you getting that this morning? Brothers and sisters, we've got to hold on to this. We've got to hold on to Thanksgiving. We've got to hold on to hope. Man, let me tell you what. Cut the TV off. Cut the radio off. Cut the conversations off. Just cut it off and live in the Thanksgiving of grace in Jesus Christ. Amen. That was the righteous answer. Then said they unto Him again, What did He to you? What, what did he do to you to open up your eyes? He answered them in verse 27. He says, I have told you already. I love this. Ooh, man, I, I, I love that straightforwardness. He says, listen, I have already told you and you're not willing to hear. He says, wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? He's simply just saying, listen, he says, listen, I've been told you once. Matter of fact, I've been told you twice. At what point in time are you going to get it? I'm not going to change my story. We don't see that a lot in there. Ain't it amazing how people will pressure you trying to get you to change your Christian story? Isn't it amazing on social media how they will launch out at you and do all these things trying to just degrade you and put you down and tell you there's no God, there is no thanksgiving, if God loved you, He wouldn't allow this to happen, or or all the different precepts that Satan puts in people's minds and in his heart. And here, this man that was blind that now has 20-20 vision, and it's not his eyes that he's representing here at this statement, it's his heart that he's representing. He said, listen, he says, I I've already told you. I've already explained to you. He says, listen, are you going to turn around and are you going to follow him by what I say? Oh, ouch. Are you getting that? 
He's not changing his story. He's not changing his mind. He's holding on to it. Then they reviled him. Oh, imagine that. You mean they got mad when they couldn't convert him over? Hey, just believe like we do. Y'all getting that? Come on, I only got you five more minutes. Wake up. Listen to me. Here you understand that because this boy, this man did not change his opinion about Jesus and because he did not forsake the thanksgiving that Christ had given to him by taking away his blindness and giving him yet sight, they got angry with him. They got frustrated with him. You already see the frustration in the conversation. They got to a point where they're like, listen, unless you believe like I do, unless you follow me, unless you take your life and down the course that we're telling you, then you're just not right. Amen. Well, if this is being wrong, then I'll be wrong. Because in Jesus, there is nothing but right. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, verse 31, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Mm. Mm. That is a bold statement for even a man that's not even yet a convert. Are you getting this? We're almost done. Hang on. Since the world began... Was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? Isn't it amazing how arrogant Christians can be? Amen. When they hold on to an ungodly position, they can justify it to the point of death. Instead of submitting to the death that saved them. Mm. Verse 35. What's the first two words, church? Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Isn't it amazing when society and religion throws you to the side, Jesus will then pick you up. Amen. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto the man, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is He, it is I, that is speaking with you. Finally, in verse 38, And He said, Lord, I believe. And He worshipped Him. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I wish I had three sermons to be able to break all this down, but I did not have it. I've had the time allotted that the Lord gave me today. But do you not see the faith do you not see the circumstances of Christ? 
Do you not see that Jesus is with you through everything? Christ is walking with you. He is helping you. He is there with thanksgiving and grace. He is pouring everything out into your life. He has given everything to you that the world says that you cannot have in a God that you cannot see. Jesus Christ has poured into you His Spirit. Jesus Christ has given to you His salvation if you have trusted Him. Jesus Christ Himself has said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's not a New Commandment, New Testament commandment. That is an Old Testament commandment that God has said to Israel that followed through in Jesus Christ and to the Greeks and the Jews and into all of those that would have faith in Him. And Jesus Christ says, if you trust in God, if you believe in God, He says also believe in Me. Jesus Christ has given everything that He's had and He could possibly give for us to find thanksgiving. Do our hearts find trouble? Absolutely, Sister Jill. Does our faith get troubled? Does our life take roads sometimes that we shouldn't go down? Do we make decisions that we shouldn't make? Do we do things that we shouldn't do? Does the world treat us badly? Does other Christians treat us badly? But here's the thing. My Jesus is not of this world. My faith is not in man. My faith lies in Christ. And when I gain loss or I lose gain, the Word of God in Job said that whatever the Lord giveth, He can take away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Can I encourage you with this, brothers and sisters? Before you you stand, listen to me. The world right now, and it's always been that way. The world is trying to take something away from us as Christians that they could neither give nor can they take. Their only power over us is simply one thing and it's called discouragement. That's all they can give to true believers in Jesus Christ. They can discourage us if we let them. We hold on to grace. We hold on to the favor of God. We hold on to the majesty that only Jesus could give. As you stand this morning, where is your thanksgiving today? Is your thanksgiving going to be at a table on Thursday where most people won't be there? Is your thanksgiving in a day? Is your thanksgiving in a holiday? Where is your thanksgiving, Christian? What are you holding on to? For those of you that may not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have no thanksgiving but what the world offers you. You have no interpretation other than what the world says is Thanksgiving Day. But will you trust in Him today? Will you hold on to that faith that God had in you when He sent His Son to die for you? Will you simply believe in Him today?